1 Corinthians chapter 2, reading from the New King James, and I'll just read a few verses, but we'll be looking at a whole section of it, and then we'll go to Isaiah, and then most likely Matthew in the moments that remain in our service this morning. If you're all there, say, woo! 1 Corinthians 2, verse 1. And I, brethren, when I came to you, sister in two, it means both, brothers and sisters, okay. When I came to you, did not come with excellency of speech or with wisdom declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I was with you in weakness and fear, much trembling, and my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. The final verse However, we speak wisdom among those who are mature or complete, yet not the wisdom of this age, nor the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. The final verse, verse 7. But we speak wisdom of God in a mystery and hidden wisdom which God ordained before all ages for your glory. Father, thank you for what you're going to do, what you did in the first service, what you'll do in the moments that remain. Move in power. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Amen. So oftentimes in our world, we have checklists. Does anybody have a to-do list? You've got a, a checklist of things to do every day. Many times Christians live their life that way. They have a checklist. Well, I did that. I read my Bible. I, I prayed for 10 minutes. I did my, you know, and then I, did, I tied. And, and the checklist, there's a wisdom, a hidden wisdom that God wants to give you as his son, as his daughter that can't be found can't be found through additional and continual Bible study. Don't look at me like you're like I'm a heretic. What are you talking about? I thought it's all about studying the Bible. No, you didn't study the Bible. We need to study to show ourselves approved. Absolutely. That is very important, nigh crucial. But let me say this to you. No matter how much you study or how much education you have, you can't receive hidden wisdom and revelation that way. And before you look at me like I'm a Pentecostal fruitcake, and there are Pentecostal fruitcakes. Let me say this. If you, all you do is a word, you're going to dry up. If all you do is have the spirit, you're going to blow up and end up in what I would call a spiritual witchcraft. You need both to grow up. And I endeavor to bring you the word of God, preach to you, teach to you, usually expository messages with a thematic approach. I love God's word. You can't be here for any length of time and not realize, oh, we're, we're into the word here. We love the word. But we are also into the things of the spirit, gifts of the spirit. Believe in them all. So you can't obtain and receive revelation just by studying there's wisdom that God wants to give you, your family, for your marriage, for your kids, for your business, that's beyond your natural learning. There's realms in the spirit that can't be studied into. The Apostle Paul writing here to the church in Corinth, I believe in, in my studies, in my opinion, the church at Corinth had the second greatest release of God's power and outpouring. The first one being the greatest revival in the New Testament is the book of Ephesians in the place called Ephesus. He's putting some order here to give you the context. 
And he's, he's talking about, I came and I, for I determined, it's unwavering, firm, resolute. I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. My, 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 we hear so much other things. Recently, I was at a church that I didn't really, it was called a church, but it was really a TED talk. Technology, Education, and Design. Does anybody know what TED stands for? And it was amazing. And the guy could preach and communicate. I was staggered by the excellency of the lights and the musicianship, good worship songs. Presence of God was there, but mostly, mostly it was a TED Talk. You couldn't have figured out how to get your life right with God by singing in that service. I mean, I tr- it's hard. You know, does anybody know what I'm talking about? You have your particular expertise. And if you're a roofer, you go, you're looking at everything. If you're a painter, you can't walk in a room and like, up, oh, that's a messed up edge. Up, oh, there's a sag. Up, oh. and you, you know, you're walking around and you can see, up, oh, problems. You know, if you're a cleaner, you, need, you have a cleaning company maybe, you walk into a place, you're just like, dirty, 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 dirty. And you're seeing fingerprints everywhere. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Okay. So as a preacher, it's hard for me sometimes to go into churches to just shut it down, shut down my, up. Oh, not very happy, up, oh, they're not greeting very good, oh, I'm just like, ah, just, just enjoy Jesus, you know, and sometimes we can get into a critical spirit, and I, I do my very best to avoid that. A critical spirit will cause you to be outside the camp as it was for, as it was for Miriam, and she ended up with leprosy. Listen, some of you are going to have a critical spirit tomorrow when the Patriots win. You're going to be like, man, no, I'm just kidding. I don't care who, the Cowboys, the Cowboys. I like lost the whole congregation, right? Like, why? Rams, Rams. Okay. I'm going to hurry up, pastor, so I can get to go see the Super Bowl. I think we're going to go long this morning. Look at the Lord and yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, what are we talking about? I don't know. Let me look at my notes here. Many places are not teaching and preaching the full gospel. I had somebody after this, this, this morning's message in the first service thank me. They said, I've not been in a service like that. Tears in his eyes. He said, you gave me hope for the church. I came here for the first time. You gave me hope. I heard about this place. You know what he heard? He heard that people get healed. He heard that we do altar calls. He heard, now I'm, I love the body of Christ and there's wonderful churches in our valley and we commune and have fellowship with them. We're a part of the VPPN. I'm not speaking against anybody's vision. All right, please. You start doing that, you're in some serious trouble. It's his body. I'm telling you, it's Christ's body. Don't you talk about his bride. Amen. You talk about Pastor Karen, we're going to have some words, right? Yeah, the apostle Paul was Saul, fell from his beast of burden. A light shone around about him, and God says to him, why are you persecuting me? He was going to persecute the church, a zealot for for Judaism. They believed in the same God, but he had some things that were wrong. I'm not here to persecute anybody. All I'm here is on assignment to do what God called us to do. And I want to tell you this. I want to tell you that you can't teach demons, and there needs to be a release of God's power in your life, a hidden wisdom God will release to you. So the Apostle Paul is talking about this hidden wisdom being released. And before you look at me, like I said, like, like I'm the heretic, it says in Ephesians, because many people don't talk about that because they, they don't want to seem like spiritual. I was talking to a college student who goes to a Christian school, and they say this to me. I don't want to, you know, not to be hyper-spiritual, but the Lord spoke to me. I'm thinking, what? Like, that 
that's normal Christianity that God would speak to you. But the truth is there's such pressure from the world, from the things of time and tradition and people who don't know God's voice. You can't checklist all that. You have to have a relationship with them. If all you do is as a word, you'll dry up. If all you do as a spirit, you'll blow up, right? So the Apostle Paul is saying, I endeavor to know nothing, no eloquence, but, but Christ and him crucified. He goes on to say that, that there's wisdom of God in verse 7 is in a mystery. And if Satan had known it, never would have crucified the Lord of glory. This is what he says here, which none of the rulers of this age, talking about Satan and his kingdom, for had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Well, how'd they, how come they didn't know? Because it was a mystery, and it wasn't revealed to them. And if Satan had known that he crucified Jesus, we'd all get born again, brought into the family of God. Our sin has been thrown as far as the east is from the west, that he bring many sons and daughters to glory. If he had known that by his stripes that we would be healed, if he had known that what would happen, that the last Adam would come, redeem us from the curse, had he known that, he, he never would have killed him. He never would have crucified him. He got duped. God fooled him. You know why? God's got wisdom that Satan doesn't know anything about. God's got wisdom for you. God's got wisdom for me. God has wisdom for the church of the living God in this hour and time of history of how to win souls and save the lost and see sickness, infirmity, and disease. So many people are walking an impotent, weak, lame walk with Jesus, and that's not God's plan. I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 25. You see, God doesn't have a problem. Oh, Ephesians. I pray that you would be filled with the spirit of wisdom and revelation. This is a prayer of the Apostle Paul to the church in Ephesus. That you'd be filled with the spirit of wisdom and revelation. That you might know the hope of your calling. What is the glorious riches of his inheritance in the saints? And what is his exceedingly great power towards us who believe? That power, he raised Jesus from the dead. Exceedingly, he exceeds his own greatness. Exceedingly great power towards us who believe. Those very scriptures mock most people because most people don't have power in their life. But it should not. It should encourage you. It should goad you into deeper things in God. Exceedingly great power towards us who believe. I'm a believer, resurrection power. The same spirit goes on to say, I believe in Corinthians, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. The same spirit, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is available for me. Listen, if you're not seeing a release of God's power, could it be that, that you're blind to the mystery, blind to some of the things that God wants to do? And that you can study your Bible until, you're, until you, you, know, you just study it and study it and study it and end up, listen, there's scholars in the universities that know more scripture and more than us all put together, but have a lifeless Christianity, because it's not the letter of the law, the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. Are you all there, Matthew, chapter 25? So we have a capacity, let me say this before we read Matthew 25 and close. We have a capacity and our capacity allows for God to get the level at which God can release mystery and, and wisdom to us. What do you mean? God is such a good steward. Let me, let me say it this way. Way back many, many years ago, decades ago, when I went into the ministry, I wanted God to hook me up. Minister Micah to the keys, please. I wanted God to hook me up with everything. And how many know what I'm talking about? Lord, I know that 
you know, faithful in the little things, make me ruler over much. But God, you can trust me with everything right now. Hook me up, God. And the Lord's like, that's right, son. I can trust you. You keep doing a good job. My capacity right then was like a thimble. Now, I discovered in the service, first service, that most people don't know what a thimble is. It's, it's not an app on your iPhone, okay? A thimble is a small little cup that you put on your finger to keep yourself from getting stabbed by a needle when you sew. We mostly throw stuff out now, but people used to fix things. Hello? In light of abortion, that just really messed me up. A thimble. If you take it off your finger and turn it right side up, it's a very small cup. God understands your capacity. He's he's vetted us. He looks at us, even though we want, you know, we want the, the whole download. He knows what you can be trusted with, so he gives you that portion. And when you're trusted with that, he gives you more, and he gives you more. And I don't know why some people have greater capacity than others right out of the bat. God has expanded my thimble to maybe a a mug. Capacity. In Matthew chapter 25, it's a parable. And I, I say this. And I I can't expound on this fully, so I'll do my very best by God's grace. Jesus, help me now. Help me, Holy Spirit, to communicate what he's spoken to me this morning. It's a parable. The kingdom of heaven, right in verse 1, then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins. It's not about women, and it's not about being a virgin. He's talking about the kingdom of heaven. Now, God spoke in parables to hide truth from the casual observer. So he's not obligated to tell you anything. He feeds those who are hungry and thirsty. Unto us has been given to know in the mysteries of the kingdom, the word says. So there's these ten virgins. And they take their lamps and they went out to meet the bridegroom. It's a picture of the church being the bride. And and the bridegroom being Christ. And that Jesus is going to return. The lamp represents a lamp unto a feet of light upon our path. The lamp represents the word. So they go out with the word and all the experience that you've had with the word, if you can understand the parable. There's five are wise and five are foolish. There's a a differentiation. There's a difference between the two. What is the difference? Well, some some have got a wisdom because they brought more oil. Now, oil is a picture of the Holy Spirit. And others don't have that wisdom. They're, 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 they're different because there's a group that has wisdom to bring oil and another group doesn't. They're both equal playing fields. They're both washed by the water. They're both made virgins. They both have the right to be out there. But the one group forfeits because they don't have enough oil. And it's a picture of the word, the lamp, Psalm 119, lamp unto a feet, light upon our path. And oil is always a picture of the Holy Spirit. So what are you saying? 
I'm telling you, in this close in the end time of history, you must study the Word, but you've got to have the power and the fire of the Holy Spirit. And many times people don't understand that. And I've seen some people come in and give their life to Christ. Within two years, they far exceeded. And what I mean by exceed, they've seen more people saved, more people healed, are further along the lives, the line of, of maturity and walking in seemingly a, a wisdom that another person in, in Christ in the church for 10, 15, 20 years doesn't have. What's the difference between the two? Well, I mean, God knows, but, but from my limited view as a pastor, it's because people don't embrace both. You have to embrace, come on, you've seen the spiritual fruitcakes. You know, they, they've, they've, got, they've got a conference on the squid spirit. That's a joke. How to take authority over the squid spirit. Listen, we're into spiritual authority. We're into prayer. We're into intercession. We're into all the gifts of the spirit. But if you don't understand the word and you don't grow your capacity on the inside to receive more of his spirit, you operate in the spirit without the word, you're going to end up in witchcraft. You've got to build yourself to know that's the limitations of the spirit. How do you, how do you be able to discern that which is of God and that which isn't? By God's word. And a gift of discernment to know evil and to know the good things of the Lord. In fact, in Hebrews chapter 5, in the final verses, it talks about those of you who are spiritual mature, though you've exercised your senses to discern good and evil. One of the definitions of maturity is to have a discernment. God's got a wisdom for you. He doesn't want you to be foolish. The difference between the two is, is time distinguishes the difference. Listen, I, I recently was in Maui. I headed back for our conference back there. And I'm, I'm, I'm landing gear is down. We're closing. This is my first close. I was there and I, I went under, in Lahaina underneath this banyan tree and was with some folks that had never been to Maui before and it's the second largest banyan tree in the world, I think. It's in Lahaina. And we're there. And I came to this place where there was this guy, for as long as I lived in the islands, I lived there for 14 years, and there was this guy who insisted, this is gonna, this might really bother you, so I'm glad. It's like a little, you know, little side note on my preaching. I'm about to bother some people. So you want to put your hands Maybe brace yourself, put your trays in the upright lock position, make sure your seatbelt's on. And this guy who insisted that smoking pot and serving God went together, and it was great. Now, I've been in the game long enough, I've been in the kingdom long enough to see people who insisted upon their way that was contrary to truth and what happened to them over two decades. None of them, most of them are not alive, and none of them stayed sane. They all lost their minds. I don't know any. You can't have a mixture in your life. But God wants to reveal wisdom to you, and it's out of intimacy with the Holy Spirit. Can you teach that? I'm trying. Young man in their church becoming an evangelist. He's going full-time. He felt led of the Lord to go to this conference. He went to this conference and basically sowed all he had and was a part of that conference, met some people, came back, and God supernaturally, over the course of the next week or so, opened up for him doors that simply don't open. 
for normal people. We're not called to be normal. I'll close with this. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Go ahead and turn there. Quick. Hurry up. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Can you put it up on the screen? There's wisdom and revelation that's available for you if you're doing, if you would do what they did to get it. Don't just live a carnal, don't live a carnal Christian life. Go ahead, 1 Corinthians 3 on the screen. Don't live a carnal Christian. And brethren, I could not speak to you as spiritual people, but as carnal as unto babes unto Christ. Verse 2. I fed you with milk and not with solid food, for until now you're not able to receive it. Come on, God knows what you can receive. And even now you're still not able. Verse 3. For there is still, are you still, for are you still carnal? For where there is envy and strife and divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving? Leave it up like mere men. Let me ask you this. Are you a man or a woman? The answer is yes. You're either one. Yes. So yes. Okay. But once you're born again, once you're redeemed, once you're brought out of the kingdom of darkness and translated into the kingdom of his son and whom he loves, once you pray and receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, all your sins are washed away and your name is written in the Lamb's book of life so that you're not just a normal person, you're a supernatural person, you're a child of God. Come on, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Most people live beneath their God-given, blood-bought right power, dominion, and authority because they do not know who they are. And I'm telling you in this close now, my second close, I'm telling you, there's wisdom to be released to you. That's not of this world. James says, devilish, worldly wisdoms, devilish and sensual. The wisdom of God, wisdom from above is pure and holy. God has a hidden wisdom, just like he spoke to that young man to go down and he sowed everything he had and he went to this meeting and that opened up doors and now it's like, no, I mean like national level doors. I don't mean like small doors. I mean like giant ones. And it wouldn't have happened had he not obeyed. How does that happen? Revelation. And sometimes we don't see what's on the other side of the door. We just in faith know to put our hand to it. All right, Lord. And sometimes it's a little scary, you know, open the door. Okay, step through the door. And then I heard a voice. It says, come up higher and I'll show you things, John. I saw a strong angel. In the book of Isaiah, chapter 40-something. It's my third close and final. Isaiah 29. The whole vision come to you in words in a book. Verse 11. A book that is sealed, which men deliver to the one who's illiterate. Pardon me. Who is literate. So a book is given to this literate, educated person. Read this, please, he says. And this literate, educated person says, I cannot, for it is sealed. There are things that no matter how educated you are, will be closed to you if you're not open to the things of the Spirit of God. And he wants to release wisdom. There's a wisdom of how to help the healthier. There's practical things right out of the Word. But there's, and, and we should know those also. Come on, I'm not downing the study of God's Word. Please hear me. I am upping the study of God's Word, and I'm also saying you need the fire and the power of the Holy Spirit in your life to really bring you to where He wants you to be. Come on, that we would be filled with the fullness of God in every way. Go after Him. Draw close to Him. Man, the Lord used to mess with me. Don't drink a Coca-Cola today. I thought, oh, I'm becoming a spiritual nut. And so I would drink Coke that day. And it'd be like, I told you, you know, son, don't do it. And it would lead me on these little paths. It developed in me 
a thimble to a cup. It developed in me through, through simple acts of obedience, drawing close to him an intimacy from him that I would hear his voice, that I would know, be a sheep, yes, washed by the word, having my lamp, but have some oil because you know not how long it'll be before he returns. And if you don't have the spirit and you just have the word, you might not make it. You need the fire and the power, the holiness and the purity of God's word and his spirit together. You need both to grow up. I'm done. Stand up on your feet. Lift your hands to heaven all across this place. Lord, I pray an insatiable hunger upon these. Lord, that you would baptize us in hunger, that we would not settle for a for, to, for being mere men. We are not mere men. We are sons and daughters of the Most High God. We're not going to behave in carnality because our identity is not in the carnal things. It's in the kingdom. So release unto us a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you that we would walk in that in purity, holiness, to see your plan be brought about for our families, for our children, for our community, for our nation. Oh God, thank you. Holy Spirit, touch and bless and fill each and every one of these. We thank you. Hallelujah. Don't miss tonight. Haggerty's going to be preaching. It's going to be great. Let me close in prayer. Lord, bless your people. Cause your face to shine upon us. Lift up your countenance towards us, God. Be gracious to us. Keep us and give us peace. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. We love you. We'll see you tonight.